0: Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Hey, I don't know if you heard about this, but last year, uh, Boudreaux, was out hunting, and man, got lost, and he was lost for two or three days, just wandering around the woods, and man, in that time, of course, man, he got really, really hungry, and he got so hungry, so desperate, he actually killed a whooping crane, fried it up, and was eating that Bird. When all of a sudden the game warden walks up and catches him eating the whooping crane, and he told, told Boudreaux, he said, "Hey man, that's an endangered species. That's against the law. I'm going to have to arrest you." And Boudreaux explained, "Man, I've been lost for days, wandering around. I just got so hungry. I was desperate. It's the only reason I would do something like this." And the game warden said, "Well, okay. I guess it's understandable if you've been lost. I understand. I'll let you." by with it this time. And then his curiosity got the best of him. And he said, Boudreaux, hey, I was just wondering, what does a whooping crane taste like? Boudreaux thought about it a minute. He said, well, kind of a cross between a bald eagle and a spotted owl. I don't know about you, but I I think Boudreaux maybe is a uh, endangered species connoisseur, man. Watch that guy. Hey, we're continuing our series today called Hunger Pains. What we're discovering is that pain sometimes can be your friend. Many times when we feel some sort of pain, it serves as an alarm or an alert that something's wrong. And many times it's that pain that ultimately can save your life. As it relates to hunger pain, that hunger pain serves as a reminder that, hey, man, you need to eat. You need to nourish your body. You need something to eat. Now that's true in the natural. that's true physically, but it's also true spiritually. spiritually, we have to be nourished man uh, we we've got to make sure that we're feeding ourselves, and so often people don't. So often it's the last thing they have on their minds, and they never really take the time to nourish themselves on spiritual terms. So let me just make this observation with you today. Spiritually, we need a good appetite. Here's what we're asking through this series of messages here in the month of August. We're asking, are you hungry Are you hungry spiritually? Is there a real spiritual hunger in your heart? Are you hungry for God and for the things of God? If that hunger's not there, if you don't have that appetite, listen, man, it could be an indication that something's just not right, that something's wrong. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. He said, blessed are those. Now, real quick, how many want to be blessed? Say, I do. Come on, you want God's blessing? Say, I do. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. God says, for the person who's hungry on spiritual terms, you will be blessed and you will be filled. And that's why it's so important to answer this question we're posing. Am I hungry? Do I really have An appetite for spiritual things. Do I have an appetite for God and and for all that God wants for me? Spiritually, we need a good appetite. If you think about what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 5, you realize that hunger is a blessing. The fact that there is that awareness that you need more of God, that you need everything God provides... What a blessing that is. That really is God's grace in your life, providing you with that hunger for himself, providing you with that appetite for all that he wants to bless you with. Again, if you don't have an appetite, it means something's wrong. Every parent in this room knows that. Every parent knows that if your small child all of a sudden isn't interested in eating, something's not right. There's a problem, and so you'll go, and you'll try to find some diagnosis so that you can correct what's wrong. But the thing that lets you know something is wrong is that lack of appetite in your child's life. Now, let's talk to the children of God here today, and let me just ask you, is that appetite missing? Do you find that there's no real spiritual appetite within your life? It is a clear indication that something's wrong, and look at me. God wants to make that right. And God wants to put that hunger in your heart for himself. For those of you that don't know me, I, I um, for years, lived out in Brobridge. We had a little farm that we raised our children on. I had been raised in that environment, and it was such a, a great experience for me that I wanted my children to know what it was like to be raised with horses, and uh, so we, we had horses there at the house, and uh, we just sold the farm a, a little over a year ago, but man, we enjoyed almost 20 years of living out there, raising our children out there. I, I've always loved horses, and uh, when we had the farm, many times I would come home from being at work here at the church in the office all day. And you know, sometimes you, you, you go home and you're burdened with things, you know, that you've learned about that day, things that you're facing, decisions that you're making. And a lot of times when I'd get home, I'd just go right out to the pasture. We had about five acres fenced, and we had a few horses on that five acres. And so I would go out there, and I would just stand at that fence. And those horses, many times, would be all the way at the back of that five acres. Our little pond was there, and it's where they loved to hang out. There was some good shade, and, But as soon as they saw me at that fence, man, they began to holler at me, you and nay, and and then they would come galloping as fast as they could all the way up to that front fence. Man, they would gallop all the way there. You know why? They were hungry. They had plenty of grass to eat all day, but they knew Jeff brought something that was better than grass that I had some things that they really had an appetite for, some grain and some little treats. And they would just come running as fast as they could and meet me at that, that fence. And a lot of times if I didn't give them that treat right away, they would just put their head right up on my shoulder. And then, I don't know if it was special for them, but it was sure special for me. It seems like all the, the problems of the day and, and, you know, all the anxieties of tomorrow would just lift off of me as I would just pet that horse. And then ultimately, I'd feed them their grain. I'd give them their treat. I'd look over them to make sure they hadn't injured themselves, something maybe that I might need to attend to. And I just would connect with my horses in that moment. I'm telling you that story Because that's exactly how we need to approach God. Man, any time we see that we can have a moment with God, come on, y'all, we need to be running up to him. We need to gallop towards God today and know, man, it's in those moments, it's in those moments that God's going to feed us, that God's going to give us something special, that, that we actually... If we just take the time maybe to just put our head up on his shoulder, we can connect with him in very, very significant ways. But all of that is the result of this spiritual appetite that I'm talking to you about here this morning. Do you have that appetite? Here's what I want you to recognize with me. It's not enough just to have an appetite. We need to develop an appetite for the right things. Truth is, all of us have appetites. It's just that sometimes we have these desires, these cravings for all the wrong stuff. We desire stuff laden with sugar, right? We desire those uh, fried, you know, kind of fatty foods, man, that taste good in the moment, but they really aren't good for us. They don't really nourish us. We have appetites. We just don't have the right kind of appetites. We don't have an appetite for those green, leafy vegetables that's so good for us, those lean meats and proteins that can be so good for us. We would rather just kinda try to satisfy ourselves on the junk food. Let me make the spiritual application. You just need to know there's some stuff in this fallen world that might give you pleasure for a moment, but it's not good for you. It's ultimately gonna rob health from you, not give you strength, and and we have gotta develop good, healthy appetites for the right stuff. Can to get a better amen? amen we need to get a, 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 an appetite for things that are going to truly satisfy our hunger and truly help bring strength into our lives Isaiah chapter 55 puts it this way as God speaks through his prophet Isaiah and verse 1 and 2 he says come all you who are thirsty come to the waters and you who have no money come buy and eat come buy wine and milk without money and without cost why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, God says, listen to me and eat what is good. And your soul will delight in the riches of fair. What is, what is God saying? He's saying, listen, it's not enough just to have an appetite. you got to have an appetite for the right things. Because God's saying, listen, I want to feed you on spiritual terms, with things that are going to nourish you. There are things that are going to truly satisfy the deepest longings of your life that cannot be found in what this fallen world has to offer. I mentioned our farm out in Brobridge and having the horses out there. We also had... A beautiful little dog, a little uh, Springer Spaniel, a little bird dog that we loved. She was welcome in the house. We loved, man, to, you know, get down in her face and let her show affection. And she would lick us on the cheek. And, man, she was just part of the family. And then we had a cat. And the cat was utilitarian only. The cat was there to keep, you know, the mice at bay, you know, maybe to kill a snake every once in a while. We weren't real fond of the cat, but we wanted the cat there for utilitarian purposes. And, um, but we loved our little dog, little, little bird dog, Sophie. The problem is, Sophie had an appetite, she had a real appetite for all the wrong stuff. For instance, man, I hate to... Bring this up at church. But Sophie actually enjoyed eating the cat's poop. That's right, I said it. I know that's disgusting, but I bring it up to say how many of us have been feeding ourselves with stuff that God finds disgusting? Just as disgusting as the notion of that little bird dog feeding on something so grotesque. How many of us have been feeding ourselves with stuff that God says really turns his stomach Listen to this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, Peter, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, admonishes us along these lines: rid yourself of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. And he says this: like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up into your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. What is Simon Peter saying here? By inspiration, he's saying it's not enough just to have an appetite. you got to have an appetite for the right things. You see, there are aspects of this fallen world that seem to satisfy you for the moment. They might give you a moment of pleasure, but in the long run they actually suppress a healthy appetite a happy uh, an appetite for for good things an appetite for things that ultimately will satisfy you. And so we've got to be careful of those appetite suppressants. And Peter specifically points out a few that I'd just like to kind of unpack that thought with you here for a moment. At first, The first one that he mentions is, is malice. He says you need, to, you need to cut off, you need to rid yourself of malice. Well, what is that? What is, what is malice? It is ill will towards your fellow man. It is... Um, evil intention towards others. In fact, uh, the New Testament was actually originally written in the Greek language, and of course we've translated it over into the English Bibles that we read from, and in, in the Greek in that original language, the word we've translated malice is a word that literally means, it literally means zealous depravity. Now, I want you to think about that, zealous depravity. Think about how many depraved things people are doing all around us. And in reality, we're in a a moment in time where people are zealous for those things that are so depraved. They can't wait to get out there and gorge themselves on things that, again, God finds reprehensible. Peter says, listen, you got to rid yourself of malice. It won't satisfy you. It won't fill you. Secondly, he warns us about deceit. What is that? That's things that make you think you're full when you're not. Chinese food does that for me. I don't know about you, but when I go to a Chinese restaurant, I enjoy it, and, and I leave there feeling full, but within an hour, man, I need to eat again because it just didn't really fulfill me. And there are things in this life that, again, for the moment might seem satisfaction, like satisfaction. It may seem like pleasure, but it's not going to last, and it's not going to really, truly satisfy. Thirdly, Peter says, watch out for hypocrisy. What's he talking about here? He's talking about being filled with lies and pretenses, where we pretend to be something that we're really not. So many, even in the religious community, are filling themselves on this effort to make everybody think there's something that they're not really. The Pharisees did that in Jesus' day, and he was constantly calling on, on the carpet about it, letting them know, listen, you don't need to fill yourself with this kind of pretense and pretend to be something that you're not. I love this whole quote. God turns no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. Let me say it one more time. God turns no one away empty except for the person who's just full of themselves. Peter says, listen, you need to rid yourself of malice and deceit and hypocrisy. And then, then he mentions envy. You know, envy is where we're filled with godless desire for what everybody else has. We look at this guy and we go, man, if I just had what he had, oh, maybe then I'd be satisfied. We look at this girl and we go, man, if I just had what she had, then I would truly be happy. And we fill ourselves with with an envy for what others have. We're looking at what they have thinking that's what's going to satisfy us when we should be looking to God because he has what will really satisfy us. Peter says, listen, you got to you got to c- cut some things out of your diet, man. You've you got to rid yourself of malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy. And then lastly, he says, number five, rid yourself of slander. Now, now slander, what does that fill us with? Well, we know the, the term slander means false accusations. And there's a lot of that going on today, isn't there? And I think social media, by and large, has become that trap where we try to satisfy the deepest longings of our, of our heart by making ourself look good and everybody else look bad. Come on, y'all. And, and it's just a cesspool, really, of that kind of thing. And, and when we fill our lives with slander uh, where we put all these kind of false accusations out there about everyone else, What are we full of then? Well, we're full of the devil then, because after all, Revelation 12.10 said he's the accuser of the brethren. And when we make these accusations, we're just acting like the very enemy of our soul, Satan himself. So here's what I want you to know today. All of us need... An appetite. Man, we need to get hungry. We need to get hungry for God. We need to get hungry for, for more of God. But it's not enough just to have an appetite. We've actually got to develop an appetite for the right things. So, so, real quickly, just understand with me, that's something you have to develop. If you're here today and you don't have the appetite maybe that you should have for God, just know you can begin today to develop that hunger For God, that hunger for the things of God. Hebrews 5, verse 14 in the New Testament reads like this. Solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Hey, we're living at a time when I think we don't even know how to distinguish between good and evil anymore. So many of us are really just in that state of confusion thinking, well, is this right or is this wrong? Is this good? Is this evil? And the Bible said the one who nourishes himself with solid food, and by the way, when he references solid food, when the writer here represents solid food, he's talking about the Word of God. He says that kind of solid food... Is for the mature, people that take their faith seriously and by constant use they'll train themselves to distinguish good from evil. We'll be able to see evil for what it is, cut it out of our diet and see good for what it is and really allow that good that comes from God to nourish us as God would have us nourished. One of the things we do here at Crossroads is we provide you with a spiritual growth track. It's within a small group that meets once a week over about a three-month period. And it's going to help you to grow spiritually. We specifically design these groups uh, with your spiritual growth and maturity in mind. We're going to help you to learn how to apply God's Word to your life. Uh, our fundamentals group will, will teach you what we believe and why we believe it from the Scripture. Our Freedom group will help you to get past the trappings of your former life before you knew Christ so you can move on into everything that God really wants for you and longs for you. And then our foundations group will teach you how to pray effectively, how to study God's word and apply it to your life, how to share your faith with others along with many other spiritual disciplines. So we wanna encourage you next Sunday, we're gonna be kicking off a brand new semester of small groups and I'd love for you to choose one of these spiritual growth groups to get in and to be a part of so that you can take that mature approach towards your faith and really grow in the Lord and have that discernment between good and evil so you can give yourself over to what's good. I'll close with this. How do we develop A healthy spiritual appetite I'm so glad you asked that question I wanted to answer that for you How do we do it? How do we develop that healthy spiritual appetite? Number one is taste test I love Psalm chapter 34 verse 8 The Bible said Taste and see that the Lord is good I wonder if there's anybody here today You've tasted to see God is good Let me hear from you, yeah? (laughs) Taste and see the Lord is good so, the Bible encourages us to have kind of these spiritual taste tests. I learned something a while back that was just uh, so interesting to me. Your taste buds physically naturally your Taste buds actually change every seven years. Did you know that? They say about every seven years your taste buds change. That's why some of the things you didn't enjoy when you were little, you enjoy now that you're older. I remember uh, when Donna, my wife Donna and I went to Israel for the first time uh, back in the late uh, 90s, we had Mediterranean food for the first time, Greek-style food for the first time. We'd never had it before, and we didn't really care for it. And so we came home, and I've always been kind of a meat and potatoes guy, and so I I never tried it again until I have this guy that works for us here. He's on our lead team. He manages all of our properties. I call him my cuisine evangelist because he's always trying to get me to try new different forms of cuisine. So he came into my office. He said, hey, let's go get some Greek food. I said, I don't know, man. I I tried that, you know, years ago and didn't really care for it. He said, come on, give it another chance. We got there. We ordered. I loved it. And then uh, at least once uh, every other week or so, So, you know, man, I'm going to go enjoy some good Greek food. Why? Because I took the time to have a little bit of a taste test and develop an appetite for something I had not had an appetite for before. I've got a a good friend that's older, and, and I heard him giving some advice to a younger guy who'd recently got married. And he was talking about how important it was for them to have date nights. And, and, the, and the young guy was saying, yeah, but it's just so expensive. We don't have a lot of money. He goes, let me tell you what you do. He said, take your young wife to Costco. <laughs> he said, get y'all a fountain drink and then go to all the taste testing sites in Costco, man, and have a date night. I love that. I love, I love the idea that, hey, we can taste and we can develop an appetite for things maybe that we didn't have an appetite before for before. Number 2, uh, another way to develop a healthy appetite for the right things is a thing called abstinence. So hang on just a second. I know when I say that word, uh, what most people immediately think of is your sex drive. And look, man, it's it's true that the Bible encourages us to save ourselves sexually for someone we're going to enter into holy matrimony with for a lifetime. And it's always the best idea to do that. But I do want to point out today that there's more to abstinence than just your sex drive. There are a lot of things that we can abstain from. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11 tells us, dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world, abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. All those. Things that might satisfy you momentarily or give you pleasure momentarily, but they're ultimately horrible for you and they're ultimately going to lead to your demise. Listen, he's saying abstain from those things and it'll help develop an appetite in your life for the right things. Just like sugar is horrible for us in our natural diet. It leads to all kind of heart disease, diabetes, even the cognizant diseases. like dementia, they're learning much of that is due to how much sugar we have in our diet. Just like that's true in the natural, there are things in the spiritual realm that if you're constantly feeding yourself on those things, it's, you're going to waste away. Spiritually, it's going to be damaging to you, harming to you. And then thirdly, how do we develop that, that healthy spiritual appetite? Do these taste tests, abstain from the wrong things, and then number three, discipline is so important. Just like in the natural, if you're going to develop, you know, an appetite for leafy green vegetables, right, cauliflower, broccoli, all of those good things, you got to discipline yourself to do it. And the same will be true spiritually. Don't pig out in front of somebody you're trying to impress. And he's saying, listen, discipline yourself along these lines. And, and man, that's what we need to do. We do it in the natural So that we make sure we're taking care of our physical bodies. We do calorie counting. We do portion controls. We do uh, intermittent fasting. We do all of those things as a measure to try to take care of our physical bodies. But listen, there's some discipline spiritually that would help you so much, man. How about an internet filter? that would keep you from going to sites that are going to poison you spiritually? How about accountability partners in a small group that know your struggle, that can pray for you every day and and ask you the difficult questions so they hold you accountable? All of these are ways that we administer discipline that ultimately leads to a healthy spiritual appetite. Now, I said I was closing. Here's here's what I want to do. I I want to point out that a good appetite requires good stewardship. And listen, ultimately, that's what God is looking for from every one of us. He's looking for us to be good stewards, stewards of everything he's put in our possession, including our appetite. Listen to Philippians chapter 3, verse 19, where the Bible describes people whose destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, or their appetite, and their glory is in their shame. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in that category. I don't want to be in a category of people whose destiny is destruction. Do you? I don't want to be in a category of people whose, whose God is their appetite and whose glory is in their shame. And so I can't let these fallen, sinful appetites lord over my life and lord over my decisions. I've got to discipline myself. I've got to to make sure I'm abstaining from those things. I've got to taste the right things so that I can get them in my life because God wants to nourish me. In the Old Testament, there's a story of two brothers, Jacob and Esau. Uh, They are the son of Isaac, the grandson of Abraham. We often see reference to them throughout the Bible. Abraham, Isaac, and who? Jacob. Jacob. In reality, Esau was the older brother. And as the older brother, he was the heir to the birthright of the family. Really and truly, that family's lineage should have gone down as God being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But it didn't. You know why? Because like Boudreaux in my story that I kicked off the service with today, Esau's out hunting one day. And he's worked up this appetite, and he's famished, and he's hungry, and he gets home, and his brother Jacob has just cooked up what the Bible refers to as a a red sauce stew. So it's a sauce pecan is what it is. And he's got that cooking, and Esau walks in, and the aroma just strikes him, and he's got to have something to eat. He begins to beg Jacob, give me some of that stew. Give me some of that stew. And Jacob said, okay, I'll trade you a bowl of this stew For your birthright. Now I know it's crazy to think that someone would give up their birthright, their inheritance, all that goes with it. That someone would give that up for a bowl of stew is just crazy to us, right? But let me ask you what you've traded your birthright for. What momentary pleasure? Something that promises to satisfy, but it won't. Have you traded everything God intended for you over? We gotta have healthy spiritual appetites today. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Ables and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, If you cannot honestly say you've been living for God and you know that needs to change, I wanna invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on him. Why don't you call on him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me. I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again through faith in Jesus. I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world, God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray. According to your promise, my sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today. And God richly bless you is our prayer for you.